Exodus 33, just to set this up, this was after the Israelites that came out of Egypt and were in their 40-year detour, I'm going to call it, in the wilderness. Exodus 33, uh, the Lord had promised them the promised land, but they, because of some disobedience or whatnot, they had a 40-year detour in the wilderness. So Exodus 33, 12 and 16, it says this, One day Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. And well, that's, that might be a word for somebody right here. I will personally go with you and give you rest. Everything will be fine. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? Now, this is this verse is where I, I really want to hone in on. He, Moses said this to the Lord. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and this time together. Thank you for what you have already done through worship, through prayer. Now I pray through this time in your word, you would help your people, encourage, equip, and draw us closer to you through your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've said this many times and I'll say it again. Listen, according to the scripture in the, in the Bible, we know it's clear. It's clear. It's not Christian t-shirts. It's not Christian bumper stickers. It's not crosses around our neck or even the fact that we come to church, that we maybe read our Bible, that even we tithe. The Bible says it's the presence of God in our life that sets us apart from the rest of the people on the earth. It's the very presence of God. God being present with us, us walking with the Lord, that Moses said sets us apart. He said, I will personally go with you. Verse 7 to 16, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. See, his presence lets us know that he's alive and he's real. Listen, before I go any further, let me say, we don't serve God by feelings, but I, I know it's a blessing. It's good to know that I can sense and feel God's presence, to know God is real and that, that, that he's alive. You know, even some people, even sometimes, you ever notice, like, and you might hear or whatever, or somebody walks in a room and you can tell somebody else just walked in a room. Maybe it's just a little breeze because they walk by or, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. But see, the presence of the Lord lets us know he's alive and he's real. That's why some people don't believe it's because they never experienced God's presence. You see, there's, there's a balance to this journey that we're on. We, we need to understand the truth of the Bible and theology and have sound doctrine. We need that. But we also have to experience the Lord through the Holy Spirit. We need to experience him in his presence. As we were talking just yesterday, we had a, a, an all-day meeting yesterday talking about the end of this year and starting to plan next year. And, and we were talking about this, that, that we're sensing, Pastor Ty was saying, and I agree, a sensing that even in the church, that there's this trend of people going away from the presence of the Lord from cultivating God's presence in their lives personally and even as we meet together as a whole. Listen, the heart of our Christian experience is the journey toward 
an intimate embrace of the Lord. Are y'all tracking with me? Listen, I, I guess what I'm saying, like, spending time in the Lord's presence should be one of the highest priorities of our life. It's not just church attendance. And we're seeing a trend that it's becoming, uh, uh, you know, church attendance are the steps. And I even say in my own personal life, we can all get into a rut where we're doing Christian things, but we're not experiencing God's presence. Have, have you noticed, like, and, and that's why in these atmospheres, that's why I'm glad even Nathan, we linger sometimes in worship. We said it before, we take the time. I, as I'm standing on the front pew, and, and Pastor Titus taught me this and encouraged me, I asked the Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do tonight? I didn't know I was going to share those two scriptures till I was on the front pew. And I try, to, I, sen- I try to sense the leading of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. Because, yes, the word of God is powerful. We understand preaching the word of God is powerful. But I, under- I understand, and the more I walk, the more I-, I go with the Lord, the more I pastor, the more I realize that, you know what? One encounter or a few minutes, let me say it this way, in his presence can do you more than a 30-minute sermon. If you can encounter and, and get, get a, a word from the Lord, get into his presence and really sense God doing something. And sometimes we don't always know exactly what it is he's doing. Sometimes we do. And I'll share some person that happened to me just this, this afternoon. So spending time in the Lord's presence should be one of the highest priorities of life. Remember, it's his presence among us that sets us apart. Again, and I believe, and I've preached this message before, and I believe that as I'm, as I'm, even thinking about it tonight, one of the reasons why is because there's a lot of different false gods and false religions all over the world, right? And because they're false, that means their gods are false. That means that their people are serving and worshiping are trying to talk to and pray to gods that aren't real. We can say the gods that are dead, right? So see, the Lord's presence in our life, again, makes us, sets us apart because it shows us that we're serving the, the one and true, the only living God. I love that scripture where Elijah uh, 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 challenges the prophets of Baal and they make the sacrifices and said, hey, call on Baal and ask Baal to come and, 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 and set these, these uh, sacrifices on fire. And they start hollering and whatnot. And I love it. Elijah is like mocking him like, hey, he's a God. You might need to shout louder. He might be on a trip or he actually says he might be in the bathroom. And, you know, and guess what? I love it. They start shouting louder. Like they, they start cutting themselves. And Baal is not a real God. And so as soon as Elijah calls on the name of the Lord, the Lord sends down fire, burns up the sacrifice, lifts up all the water he pours in this trench around it. That, that made them know, like, listen, God was present. His presence came down in the form of fire and burned up that sacrifice. So for us, we, I just want you to remember that as we, as we move forward. And I hope that you get this. Tonight, and we and we we we're we're uh, going to be encouraging you, uh, and, and and trying to cultivate an atmosphere here next week to do this. So let's look at some of the things that happen when we get into God's presence, when we get into the presence of the Lord. And, what, and again, we'll talk about what does that mean. What well, means that God is present with you? It means that 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 you're not just going through your day, but you're that that there's an atmosphere you're creating. We know the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, but there's difference. There's a difference from just. The Lord living in you and cultivating or increasing, should I say, increasing the presence of God in your life. So what are some things that happen when we get into the presence of the Lord? A few things we see in Scripture. Number one, this is not an exhaustive list, but a few things. Number one, there's, we, we, we find joy at its fullest. As I just prayed about, about some of us that were maybe weak, the Bible says are tired. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So joy at its fullest. Psalm 1611, and the King James says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. 
at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Where did it say that joy is found? In the church building? No. Listening to Christian radio, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking Christian radio. I hope you are here, right? But where is where is joy found? It's an open book test. In his presence, right? In his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Think about it like this. If you're in a relationship, look around. There's a, some married couples in here. If you're in a relationship where you truly love somebody, aren't you excited to be around them? Isn't it a joy to be around them? Hopefully it is. I was, I was talking to Mamie earlier and, and Ashley, and they and and you know he's about to go back offshore, not offshore, but go back to work. And she, Mamie was saying she was talking to a friend and like, are you are you excited that your husband's going back to work? And she was like, no, not really. I, and when the lady was like, no, I'm, I'm glad that my husband's going back. Or whatever. It's like, what? Didn't you marry him because you wanted to be around him? I wanted to, you know, because you right. So when you love somebody, it's a joy to be around them. When you're in your presence, and I get it, I've been married 15 years. Not always. I, it's not, you know, sometimes. It's, but for the most part, it should be. Let me just say that it should be. I don't want to get on a marriage message right here. When you in love with somebody, you, you pay attention to that person. You want to be with them. But obviously, if there's a breakup, if there's a divorce, depression can set in, loneliness can set in. And I just begin to think today, could it be, could it be that, that there are people that are depressed, that are lonely, even some born-again believers that may be dealing with depression or loneliness because they're not spending time with the one who loves them? Think about that. In his presence is fullness of joy. So if there's a lack of joy in your life, could it be that you're not tapping into the presence of God. I believe it is. I believe that's part of it. Now, I'm not saying I mean, we can spend time in the presence of the Lord, but but if you're lacking joy, listen, it's found in his presence. It doesn't say you get some joy. What does it say? There's fullness of joy. You get full. You get full up. I, even an overflow of joy in the presence of the Lord. You know, that's why the disciples were so upset when Jesus said he was going away when he died. Because they had been in Jesus' presence for a few years now. And they were upset because they were always with him. But they didn't understand that the Holy Spirit was coming and that they were going to live in his presence for the rest of their lives. Amen. Jesus said, it's even better that I go away because he knew he would pour out the Holy Spirit and we can all simultaneously live in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me? Number one, joy at its fullest. Number two, in the presence of the Lord, you get refreshed. You get refreshed. Acts 3, 19 and 20 says this. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Now remember, this is the book of Acts, so Jesus is gone now, right? Luke's writing this and saying, hey, listen, and he's, he's, he's presenting the gospel. He said, if we repent of our sins, turn away those that are lost, even those of us that are, that are saved, if we have sin in our life. And he says, once you do that, times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord, from being in God's presence. I was just talking about how hot it's been outside. It's just like when you work outside all day, or in my case, just last night, I was telling Marcus, man, now I, you know, I used to work outside for a living. And now, you know, I, I have an office job and I feel like 
I've gotten soft or something, or it's gotten hot or a little bit of both. It could be working in the sun all day or just like me last night, a few hours in the evening. And when it's so, I mean, you're, you're, it's so hot, you know, you, you get inside. It'd be nice to take just that nice cold shower, right? Or for those of you that have a pool to just go home and jump in that pool, it's refreshing, right? Or just some cold water or, or some, some cold Gatorade, whatever the case may be. You know, the presence of the Lord is the same way. If you're, if you're struggling, if you're hurting, if you have pain, shame, You've been through tragedy, sickness, sin. Just life in general can bog us down, and we need to get refreshed. Not not physically, but our souls need to be refreshed. Our spirits need to be refreshed. And listen, I mentioned that this happened to me today, and that's part of what prompted me to to, to share this uh, this scripture, to, uh, this message tonight. Just because the last couple of days I've just been uh, just internally just struggling with a few things. And man, I, I was able to, and I planned on uh, my time that I was planning on spending with the Lord this morning got a little off. And I just, I knew that I needed to carve out some time today to, to, as I usually do in the morning to get before the Lord. I had read my Bible at my house and stuff, but I planned on coming here first thing, getting alone with the Lord. But I got, you know, sidetracked. I got caught up talking with somebody. So later that this afternoon, uh, you know, man, I just, I got away with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was, it was some of the best time that I've, I've had in a while. And just because I, I felt refreshed. I had a good cry. Man, it's just something about it. And, and I could tell it was by myself, but it was one of those good ugly cries. You know what I'm talking about? Right? You know them ugly cries? You know, I could just tell. You know, I didn't take a, a selfie of myself or nothing, but I could just tell it was. But it was it was like, you know, you have those good cries and it's almost like a cleansing, right? It's almost like, and, and, and part of it for me, because I was in the presence of the Lord, and I could just, I could sense God's grace on my life. I could sense his love. I was worshiping to some songs, talking about his love. And I just, I sensed some of the internal things that I was going through, the Lord just loving on me and just, and just feeling his grace in my life. And again, we don't serve God by feelings, but it was in the spirit. I could just tell. I could just tell that. And man, when I left there, I really did feel refreshed. When I walked out of that room, man, I felt so much better. I, I just felt lighter. I felt refreshed. And it came from being in the presence of the Lord. So we get refreshed. Our spirits, our souls get refreshed. So number one, we get joy to the fullness. Number two, we get refreshed. Number three, your heart softens when you get in the presence of the Lord. Look at Psalm 97.5. It says, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. You know, so I think about that. If the mountains can melt like wax in God's presence, he can melt our heart in his presence as well, right? You know, life has a way, again, of, of hardening our hearts, situations, maybe people, you know, life situations, even people, but even towards God it's himself. Sometimes our hearts can get hard. Things can harden us. Again, things beyond our control, sickness, disappointment, tragedy, um, whatever the case may be. When we get before the Lord, it begins. That's another thing I felt like was beginning to happen to me. And just, just frustrations. You know, you just get times where you get frustrated and you get into the Lord's presence and it says the mountains melt like wax. So I believe, you know what? He melts our heart as well. Our hearts soften. He says that, that he will turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. And, it, and that word flesh, it means he'll soften our hearts. That's part of it. And that happens when we get before the Lord. That's what's, that's what's awesome about worship again. And I'm encouraging you, this, to, to, this is something that we have to strive for daily in our own personal life. Yes, it happens corporate, but in our personal life as well. How do you know if you got a hard heart? Things that used to, maybe that you were compassionate about before, 
that maybe you used to feel bad about, if those things don't bother you anymore, it may be that your heart's getting hard. If it's been a while, listen, I'm not, it's not all about tears, but if it's, if you used to cry and be more sensitive to things and you're like, man, I just, I can't cry anymore. It might be that your heart's getting hard. And I noticed today that when I started crying, I was like, man, it's been a while since I had a good, ugly cry. It had been, it had been a little while for me. And that tells us, I remember a pastor saying that one time. Now this, I'm not, this is his standard, but he said, I can tell if, if, if I go more than a week without crying, I can tell my heart's starting to get hard. Now, I'm not saying that's a general standard that, you know, that I, I don't usually cry once a week. But I know that, you know, there, there comes time whenever I, I begin just a couple Sundays ago, I got up here and I felt like the Lord was talking about that there was unrest in some people's lives. Well, that was me this week. It's just different things, just some unrest going on inside of me, emotions, thoughts, different, you know, uh, concerns, worries, talking about, you know, things that I know I, sh- I shouldn't be holding on to. But when we get into the presence of the Lord, a heart begins to saw. And you begin to see things differently, feel differently towards people, and maybe even towards the Lord himself. Number four, you become, all of these things happen. Really, this culminates all of them. You are transformed. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you are transformed. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed. Do not conform yourself to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. See, anytime the Lord does something in our lives, it happens through his presence, which is, is through the Holy Spirit. Anytime, if he's doing something inwardly in you, it's the presence of the Lord doing it, right? We know, again, Jesus is not physically here, right? The Holy Spirit is a spirit. So anytime he is spirit, he, he's, a, he's the third part of the Trinity, but he is spirit. Anytime the Lord begins to transform us, it's through his presence. Just this Sunday, Pastor Todd kicked off the series on, uh, called Miracle Moments. And he gave us five primary types of miracles Jesus performed. And one of them was miracles of transformation. And I often say, he said, I often say, I believe that the greatest miracle that can ever take place is someone being born again. And I truly believe that. I mean, miracles of healing, of deliverance, people getting raised from the dead, that's amazing miracles. But I truly believe the transformation of being born again is, I believe, the greatest miracle because it's going to change your whole eternity. It changes you as a person here on earth, but it, it, it transforms your whole eternity. You can be healed of a sickness, but if your heart's not right and you're not saved, you're still going to spend eternity separated from the Lord, right? So I believe being born again with all of these things truly are is the greatest miracle. Again, I have a few friends. I have a few uh, uh, friends that I grew up with that come to church here and, 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 uh, you know, and you can ask them, a few of them, I, I know where they sit, I'm thinking, about, you can ask any one of those guys that we knew each other from middle school on to high school. If, if I got them all here, they usually all come on Sundays. If I got them all in the front of the church and you ask every single one of them, when y'all were growing up in middle school and high school, would you ever think Brendan would have been a pastor? And they would probably all laugh at you, right? Because, you know, and, and even up, up until recently, when I tell people that I haven't seen in years what I do, th- that I'm a pastor, they're like, really? You are like I, I can see their wheels turning. Like they must let anybody be a pastor nowadays, because they're thinking about the person I was twenty something years ago, right? They're not. They don't understand transformation, and that when the presence of God comes in your life, initially that Wednesday night, like tonight, right here in, in, at this altar, how He came into my life and instantly began to transform me. 
They don't understand. See, a personal transformation flows from an actual experience of the Heavenly Father's presence. So even just me talking about his presence won't transform you. You have to experience the Lord's presence. I heard somebody say this one time. Earlier, I quoted this scripture. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This guy was a minister, and he said that he had been having multiple anxiety attacks every day. And one of his colleagues in the ministry, he told that to, and he said, well, brother, don't you know that God's perfect love cast out all fear? And this guy was dealing with a lot of like anxiety and, and, and stress and depression. And he said it, and in that moment, he's like, don't you know, I want to like gouge your eyes out right now kind of thing. Cause he's like, of course, they, he was actually a, a Bible teacher. Like he, I mean, a, the president of a Bible college, but this is what he said later. He said, of course, I knew that scripture, but it's not knowing that God's about God's perfect love. It's experiencing God's perfect love that cast out all fear, right? So it's not knowing it. And that's what we got to get past. See, that's the deal about God's presence. You have to experience his presence to be transformed. You have to experience his presence to get joy, to be refreshed. All those things, you have, you have to experience it. And, and like Pastor Todd talked about Sunday too, those things he talked about how to cultivate or position yourself for a miracle, those things take discipline. But man, I'm telling you, the Lord wants to pour out his presence on us more than we desire to have it. I promise you, he, wa- he, wants, he wants us to experience his presence. So as we wrap it up, you'll increase the Lord's presence in your life when you increase your time of intimacy, of course, with him through a few things. One that we know, as we did today, and these are both personal and corporately worship. Psalm 23.3 says this, but you are holy, talking to the Lord, O you who are enthroned in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. So you are enthroned in the holy places where the praises of Israel is offered. So wherever we lift praise and worship up, there the Lord will be. That's what that scripture tells me. And you know what else it tells me? Anytime we praise and worship, where we here at church or in our shower or driving in our, our cars down Ambassador Caffrey, when you begin to lift up praise and worship from your heart, the Lord's presence is there. So let me stop there. Well, Brandon, how do I get God's presence in my life? Begin to worship. That right there, he's enthroned on the praises of his people. That means when our praises go up, his presence begins to descend upon us. One of the key ways that I find today in that room, in that, in that building, when I begin to sense God's presence, I had been worshiping, I had been singing songs, and I just begin the Lord just to love on me and his grace to come upon me and his mercy and, and, and just all of that stuff. The, one of the key ways, the first, that's why it's at the top of the lip, list is worship. Singing and worshiping is one of the greatest ways that you will usher in, usher in God's presence. Is it just me or when you come and during this worship set, do you sense God's presence, right, in, in, in a great way? And it can happen and it can increase. Remember, it can increase. And it's not just us singing songs. Remember, it's it's our heart. It's our it's our heart condition. But I, listen, I don't know, and, and Hannah's right here. She's one of the worship leaders. She can she maybe speak to that. Nathan Canetra, the worship team over here. But you ever notice that there's even songs that it seems like have an anointing on them. Like that, I can be in my truck and a worship song comes on. My, I get in, it connects to my phone and begins to shuffle. And I'll just hear a song and I'm talking, I'm on the phone I'm, and I'm like, man, that, I can sense just, just that song because it, it's like it has an anointing on it. And why? Because I believe when that song was made, the hearts of the people that made it worships going up to the Lord and automatically I'm not even singing it. And I believe it's ushering in the presence of God as I'm driving in my truck, talking on my phone 
just about something, you know, you know, does that make sense? So our own worship, but that's what's important, even about having worship music flowing through your house, through your, your vehicle. You know, even in those times, I just think, man, that, that song has an anointing on it. it. It begins to usher in God's presence, but even more powerful when we begin to lift up songs to the Lord. And of course, these are, these are all things we know already, but just want to encourage you praying. Acts 22, 17, another way we usher in God's uh, presence is through praying. I love this. I love the way the message translation says this. This is the apostle Paul, and he was just, he just finished getting arrested and he was explaining himself, uh, you know, to the council. And it says this, after I was back in Jerusalem and praying one day in the temple, lost in the presence of God, I saw him. I saw God's righteous and innocent and heard him say to me, hurry up. Get out of here quickly as you can. None of the Jews here in Jerusalem are going to accept what you say about me. I love that. I was praying in the temple and I was lost in the presence of God. He got, he got so, he got, he got lost just praying. And this was after his Damascus Road experience. But in his time of prayer, the presence of God was so strong in him. He said, I was just lost in it. Time, everything had just went out the window. Especially, I also, not especially, but praying, but praying in the spirit. If you have your heavenly prayer language, praying in the spirit or unknown tongues or other tongues, that was the Bible said, is one of the great ways to, to, to usher in God's presence. And again, I, I want to keep saying it. I feel like I got to make a disclaimer. It's not all about feelings. But I notice that whenever I pray in the spirit for an extended, extended amount of time, uninterrupted, there's a sense of something that I sense that I don't sense any other time in my life. I could worship for four or five songs or for an hour. I might sense God's presence, but it's different. I can read my Bible for a half hour or an hour. I can pray for you. I can pray alone. I can listen to messages. But when I pray in the spirit, when I pray in my heavenly language for extended point of time, there's a certain sense that I get of God's presence like I don't before. So I want to encourage you. This is another thing that Pastor Todd mentioned too. There's a, well, we, we kind of sense a, a going away of, of the church, especially a spirit-filled, you know, biblical church is praying in the spirit. So if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of praying in tongues, I want to encourage you not to forsake that gift and that prayer language. Because the more you do that, the more that will usher in the Lord's presence in your life. And Apostle Paul goes on later who wrote this to say that I pray in tongues more than all of you. So the Apostle Paul made it a, a, a practice of praying in the Spirit. The next one is not fun at all, uh, it, but it's it's fasting. When we fast, there's an increase of God's presence in our life. Why? Because we're putting aside the things we like to do, like eat. Again, especially in South Louisiana, eating is one of our favorite pastimes, right? But it's not just food. It could be fasting from things you enjoy to do, media, TV, social media, whatever. And so listen, when we begin to fast, it increases God's presence in our life. So next week, I want to I want to encourage you again. Next week, Monday Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to have three days of prayer and fasting. We're going to have three prayer meetings every day, 6 a.m., noon, and 6.30 p.m. We'll be here. We'll have somebody leading worship. It might be one or two people from the worship team, and one of us is going to be leading the prayer meetings. I'll be kicking it off first thing Monday morning at 6 a.m. And for those three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days, uh, three meetings, all three days, we're going to have a time of prayer and fasting. So I want to encourage you. You might not be able to make it out to these meetings. I want to encourage you to try. Try to at least make one meeting every day. It's just three days. And again, this, we're, part of this is, is we want to increase God's presence in our life, right? I know everybody's busy. There's other things you could be doing. But I want to encourage you to, to fast something 
You can, you can fast something food-wise. You can do one meal a day, only eat one meal a day, maybe skip a meal a day, maybe cut down on sodas or sweets, or maybe don't watch TV those three days, get off of social media, you know, something like that, just to focus in on the Lord. And then a Wednesday night, we're going to have an overflow worship service where that Wednesday night, next Wednesday night, a week from tonight, it's going to be full. We'll have a little time of prayer, but it's going to be primarily worship. Because after fasting three days, when you dedicate, you know, an over an hour to worship, the, the presence of God is going to be thick in this place. Amen. So I would encourage you to participate in the three days of prayer and fasting. And then again, the fourth and final thing, and, and I'm going to land the plane here. It's not just reading God's word, but like I said earlier, experiencing God's word. I love this. Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. I like that. It's active and living. What does that mean? The word of God, the Bible is actively working in our life. It's not like any other book that you just read and you get the knowledge and you're done. The word of God is living. It's actively operating in our life so so we don't just read the word we need it we need to experience the word whenever you get the, like those couple of scriptures i read i've been meditating on them the last couple of days and just letting them penetrate my spirit and and, and what's going on and applying that to my life you know i, I don't think there's any enemy ships in the natural that's going to try to cross the chaffalaya basin to my house but I took that scripture and I begin to think about, okay, what are the things that I want God to protect my life, my family, uh, my, my children, uh, you know, and, and I take that and, and, and I, mean, I want to experience, okay, Lord, I believe you're going to, you're going to place that protection around my family and, 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 and that I could be strong and courageous and you're with me. You're going to destroy our enemies and come and save us. So you need to experience the word of God. See how is, pray and ask the Lord to, how is it working actively in your life? Pray that it would work in your life. So as I close, I remember hearing a story of a worship leader years ago had just finished doing like a conference. Um, and it was late in the evening, and, and they were, or it might have been more like of a, a retreat, like at a retreat center, but it was at a conference. And when it was all over with, uh, somebody was walking by the cafeteria area, and he was in there by himself, and he was eating. And when the guy walked by, he noticed that this worship leader was eating extremely slow. Like he would take a bite, very, very slow, and bring it up to his mouth, eat, put his fork down, chew. Everything he was doing was slow motion. And the guy was like, watched him for a little while and then just like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And he moved on. The next morning he went talk to him and he said, hey, I noticed, man, I hate, I was kind of eavesdropping on you last night. But I noticed when you were eating, you were like in super slow motion. Why were you doing that? Like, you know, what was going on? He said, man, I sensed the presence of God so strong in our meeting and on me after that meeting. He said, I didn't want to do anything to cause it to go away. So even as he was eating, he was like, he, he didn't want to like shoo the presence of God away. Now, theologically, I don't know how that fits, but I just know this is what I think it was. I don't think he could have did that. But what, what I gather from that story was that he had such a reverence and an appreciation for the presence of God, he didn't take it for granted. He had probably not experienced the presence of God so strong in his life in a long time that it was so heavy on him in the in the area that he was doing everything he could to just to just stay in that state of being in the presence of God. You know, you, you might say, well, Brandon, I don't know if I've ever experienced God's presence. Maybe, you know, it, it's not just goosebumps. You know, we talk about that. That's part of it. Sometimes you, you sense God in your, in your physical. But let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you have joy in your life? Do you have peace compared to before you got saved? 
Have you felt comforted in times of tragedy or, or uncertainty? If you can answer yes to any one of all of these questions, guess what? That's the presence of God. You say, man, I feel like I should, I should be falling apart with this, but man, I just, I have this peace in my life. That's God's presence. If you feel comforted in times where, you know, hard times or you feel a certain grace or a strength, even earlier, let me just, let me just pull it. Don't, don't tell me anything that's not true, but earlier when we were praying, some of you raised your hand about being tired, about being discouraged. Did any of you feel a, a difference or a change after we started praying? couple of y'all did. Okay, well, good. That's God's presence. If something shifts in you, even in your emotions or inside of you, that's the presence of the Lord. So, so you might, that's the way that you begin to identify, am I experiencing God's presence? Well, do I have peace more than I did before? Do, do I have comfort? Do I have joy? All these kind of things. Do I sense God's power working in my life? Like, like not before. That's God's presence. Listen, the Lord came among his people in fire and smoke on Sinai. Then he came in a human form through Jesus. Now he's with us by the Holy Spirit, continuing to pour out his presence on us. Maybe you've never experienced God's presence because you're not in a relationship with him. You remember earlier when I talked about refreshing? It says, uh, let me go back to it real quick as we wrap it up. Acts 3.19 says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshing will come in the presence of the Lord. You notice the, that when Luke wrote this, he said that to turn from your sins, repent and turn to God, then the presence of the Lord. You've maybe never experienced God's presence. Maybe it's because you haven't repented of your sins and turned to God and asked, you to, asked him to forgive you. Maybe you're not in a, in a relationship, a true intimate relationship with the Lord. And that's where it starts. Do me a favor, bow your head with me. You can remain seated and just bow your head with me. Just close your eyes and I'll just ask you that. And if you say, man, Brandon, I've never experienced God's presence in my life. What you've talked about, I'm not sure. But you may also say, man, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm in a relationship with the Lord. Like, man, I've come to church. I've been to church a few times here and there. You know, I grew up in church, but still, I've never experienced God's presence. And I don't even know if I'm right with God. If you need to get right with God tonight and, and start a relationship, as I just read, Acts makes it clear. If we repent of our sins, we turn away. Because the Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. We all need to be forgiven. And even those of us that are saved, look, we still, I was, again, I felt God's forgiveness today as I was spending time with him on things that I had to repent about. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure I'm right with God, but and I've never experienced his presence. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I just want to make sure that, that you, you're saved tonight, that you're born again. I don't know everybody in here. So you say, Brandon, I need to get right with the Lord. That's me. I need to start a relationship. Anybody in here? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, praise God. Thank you, Lord. I see your hand back there, young man. Thank you. Thank you for being brave. Anybody else? Anybody else? We're going to take this time right now. Come on, we're going to pray with you, young man. We're going to pray. Come on, let's pray together with our brother. Just, young man, just pray this prayer with him. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I repent of my sins. I turn away from them, and I turn to you tonight, Lord. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I pray you begin to fill my life with your presence, with your power, and with your grace. I pray for refreshing to come upon me, Lord. 
in a great and mighty way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations. For him or anybody else that maybe if you didn't raise your hand, but you truly prayed that prayer for the first time or it's been a while, there's a card in the pew that says, I made a decision. Take just a minute if you don't mind. Fill it out. You can drop it off at the info center on your way out. Hey, why don't you stand up? I want to pray a blessing over you before you go. And I want to encourage you. If you're lacking any of these things in your life, maybe you feel like you don't have jaw. You got a hard heart. Maybe that that you you you, you need some refreshing. Come on, if you desire more of the Lord's presence, why don't I just say it this way? If you desire more of the Lord's presence, just lift your hands. I got both my hands up because I do. What I experience today, I want to continue to experience every day, and I want it to increase in my life. And I'll be honest to say that that doesn't happen all the time, and it's been a while since I experienced God's presence like that. But, but tonight, I want to encourage you in the same way. I want to encourage you to join us for prayer and fasting next week. That will increase the Lord's presence in your life. Father, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters in here tonight, Lord. Lord, I know we were designed, we were made, we were purposed to live in your presence. Just as we start off tonight, it's your presence that sets us apart from anybody else on the earth, Lord. We know anybody can experience it, but it's your people, those that have joined, that, that have made a decision to be born again and turn to you can experience your presence. So I pray for an increase of your presence and everyone in here tonight, Lord, everyone with their hands raised that desires more of you, more of your presence, more of your joy, more refreshing, more power, Lord God softened hearts, Lord God. I pray for every hard heart that's been hardened by life and hurt and tragedy and betrayal. Begin to soften their hearts, Lord God. Heal them of a broken heart, Lord. Those that are lacking joy, Lord, pour joy out upon their lives, Lord. I pray for the fullness of joy to be upon them, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would help all of us to tap into your presence, that your presence would increase in our life. Lord, give us the grace. Those of us that are already planning on fasting next week, give us the grace as we fast, as we seek your face. Draw us closer to you and closer to each other. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless y'all. If you need specific prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. See you Sunday.